Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 297. CEO, Chief Executive Officer. It's a weighty title, right? CEO, CFO, CMO, they're all acronyms borrowed from the corporate world. They're positions you might interview for or you might even be promoted to within. In entrepreneur land, though, a CEO is usually the person who dreamed up the idea for the business and then wore every single hat, completed every single task, and earned every title before hiring a team and stepping into the job functions of a true CEO. In this episode, I'm chatting CEO to CEO with Mahisha Dellinger, founder and, of course, the CEO of the award-winning hair care brand, Curls. She is also the host of Mind Your Business with Mahisha on OWN, helping other women-led businesses reach the million-dollar mark. In 2019, Mahisha launched Black Girls Making Millions Academy to educate and uplift aspiring female entrepreneurs. So not only is Mahisha a CEO of the company she founded, but she's also a coach and mentor with proven success for helping others boss up and smash their business goals. I am thrilled to welcome her to the show and to explore the behind the scenes of an entrepreneurial, multifaceted CEO. Get ready for this one. Meet Mahisha Dellinger. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to Noom for supporting Gold Digger. Getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better. Noom helps us develop a new relationship with food. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash gold digger. Did you know that I have created beautiful templates, resources, and presets that you can own? Shop Jenna Kutcher is filled with all kinds of tools to make running your business even easier. 
Head to shopjennacutcher.com and use the code GOLDDIGGER to save 20% off your first digital purchase. That's shopjennacutcher.com. Welcome to the podcast, Mahisha. I am so excited to talk to you today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So give us a glimpse into your story. There is so much that you've done and so much that has happened to lead you to where you are today. So how did you find yourself in the world of business and what was the journey like for you reaching the title of CEO? Well, I actually started in corporate America and actually didn't expect or want to be or plan to be an entrepreneur. The reason why I was actually pushed into my destiny was because I had a horrific experience in corporate America that was really jarring for me and that shifted my mentality about entrepreneurship, corporate America, and working for myself. Um, And I remember feeling out of control. I was in a position to be let go out of a job that I was severely attached to because I really was proud to be an Intel employee. It was just a, a bad experience with one bad apple, obviously not the whole company operated this way. But this one particular manager really did create an unbearable working environment for me that made me reconsider my thought process. And so as I got worked through that and moved into a different department away from that manager, I thought about how I could take control, take charge of my legacy, my life, and my destiny. And the only way I felt that I could truly and honorably do that is by through entrepreneurship. I didn't feel any other way because I felt like that situation could have happened again. So my Mm -hmm. path to entrepreneurship wasn't planned. It came from my back being against the wall in a very uncomfortable position. And as a woman that has been used to fighting for everything and, and just having an environment of despair, what happens as, as a result, either you level up and get yourself out of it, or you get buried in sand. And I decided to level up and get myself out of it. And that getting myself out of that situation, meaning poverty as a youth, growing up with despair and not seeing a success and, and all my family members, you know, impoverished and on welfare and no one going to college and just living miserable lives paycheck to paycheck. And while money is on everything, I certainly feel like it can help ease the stress of some of the key basic survival needs. Yes. No. And so, and, and, and while I am, I'm happy to be in a position now to be above and beyond needs and, and being able to provide for my future generation, her family, it really is about independence and, and, and freedom for me. And this is a freedom that I couldn't dream, have dreamt of in corporate. Oh, amazing. So what was the first thing that you did? Like, I feel like so many people can relate to the fact that you are finding yourself building a ladder and you're still building it on someone else's building. You know, you're climbing this ladder that you don't even want to be there anymore. So what did you do? What was your first step to become an entrepreneur? Well, I kept my day job. One thing I always recommend to my mentees, I was at Intel Corporation, which is a very, really, really competitive environment. So you can't really launch another brand or business successfully working and being successful at Intel because you it, it requires so much of you. Um, yeah. so I had to leave and go into a job that I can actually have more flexibility because I knew I needed to have an opportunity to make money and put the money back into the family household bills. Mm-hmm. 
and then reinvest every penny back into from curls back into curls. So I left Intel and went to work for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, okay. selling selling legal drugs. And I had <laughs> the top of the class drugs. I had cardiovascular, Lipitor, Norvasc, Viagra, everything that all my doctors wanted to see. And I was exceptionally well, so I was good at my job. So I was able to complete my tasks by noon and I would call and work on curls for the rest of the day. So where did you get the idea for curls and how did it kind of evolve from an idea to a profitable business? Well, I was a newly natural mother at the time and looking for natural options for my hair, even though we could not, you know, at the time we had for women of color, perms, relaxers, things I didn't want in my hair. And so I was, I decided to look into creating a business that I could obviously enjoy myself. And I, before I launched though, I did my due diligence to see if this would be a sustainable business. And sure enough, there were many, many other women who were also transitioning from relaxed hair to natural. There was a movement happening. And I launched right in, at the cusp of that newly natural movement where we stopped relaxing. A lot of women of color stopped relaxing and straightening their hair and really started going back to just embrace their natural texture. And so curls came at the right time. And it was really a need of mine, like most businesses, you know, it's a untapped need that you fulfill. That's kind of always a, a great success story typically can run from that storyline. If you find a need that's untapped and you, and you fill it and go above and beyond that, that need, and then you can capture the market. Absolutely. So, I mean, you went from pharmaceuticals into running your own company. What did those early days look like for you as you were starting Curls? Ooh. <laughs> well, well, on top of working, <laughs> coming home, working on Curls, I had a 10-year-old and a toddler and a newborn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was insanity. I just can't remember anything that happened during that time. I don't think I can remember much because it was really, I was a zombie. I felt mm-hmm. like I, I, did, I, I just had, it had to work. I was so passionate about it and determined that I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked until it, until it worked. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest questions that I get asked, and I would love to know your response is, how did you know when it was the right time to leave your safe job that you had and go all in on your business? Like, what did that transition look like for you? Well, that's a very good question. Very good question. <laughs> I did both for so long. I did both for too long. Yeah. And one day I said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot. I'm going to leave in December. I said that in June. I'm leaving Pfizer in December. And then come September, my manager said, we're having a string of layoffs and everyone got worried. And everyone was like, oh my God. And I was praying to get laid off because I know I was the only one saying, Lord, please let me get laid off. And so I was laid off and I got a severance package. Wow. Because they they were overstaffed in some, some areas. So my area was one that was overstaffed. And I got a severance package to leave and I got extra money and I put that money back into girls. So it was a beautiful thing. That is amazing. I feel like sometimes it's like standing on a ledge and you need to just be pushed off. And so what a perfect transition to make you really go for it. I know it really pushed me into it. And I'm very conservative. I'm not a big gambler. Yeah. And so I like to do things and the way I operate start small, grow it, make mistakes while we're small. And before you become visible, you know, 
wrinkle out any get out wrinkle out any kinks and just get everything great before you go live and get in front of the masses and so that enabled me to do so doing it the way i did it i was really 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 concentrated and then got it to a point where okay i've had four years of continual growth yes i can probably leave this job exponential growth every year i can probably leave this job it's pretty safe and you know let's go let's give it a roll and so then it became a Oh my gosh, I have to sustain this. So I became even more aggressive with my work and continue to grow the business. And so it's been that kind of growth for the brand ever since. When I imagine your growth chart, Mahisha, it is just straight upward. And I know that as you grow and scale, there is always growing pains around the corners. Can you kind of walk me through some of the just different seasons that you walked through as curls continue to grow and grow and grow? Oh, different seasons. Wow. Well, the startup was probably the most exciting yet draining time, but it was very exciting because it was new and fresh. And then I had this, uh, this deep, deep, deep cycle of, or period of just head down working, feeling a little bit of cabin fever, just really missed out, sacrifice a lot, actually, to get the business going. It was a lot of sacrifice. And then we had this big boom. Now, the big boom was the best day, year, I don't know, three years of my life when Target called, the brand called me to come in for a meeting. And it had been maybe six years of us underground. I'll call us an underground brand. We were well-received within our community, but we were not in retail at all. We were dot-com only, mostly, and then some stores that had reached out and, you know, local stores and stuff. Yeah. But once we got that call from Target, because the buyer at Target was looking to revamp her category, sales were down. Her relaxer sales were down. She could understand why they kept going down, down, down until she did research and found that these underground brands like Curls that are really caring to today's natural woman. And she wanted to give us a try. So that was the catalyst to the exponential growth was when Target gave us a shot. So, and there was a big uptick, a great, amazing uptick in the brand and the company's sales figures. And then we kind of, we, we had that nice ride for about three years. And then about the fourth year, we started to plateau. Whenever you plateau, get worried. <laughs> After you plateau, you, the next step is to go down. Yeah. So innovation had to come in. We started innovating. And that's been my story now is keeping my key lesson learned during that stale time is the importance of evolution. Mm. You have to continue to evolve or you will dissolve. And that's what propelled the brand for We continue to evolve in areas of development, bringing products to the consumer as she needs it. One of the benefits and perks of having a brand that's owned by the consumer, I am the consumer, is I can respond quickly yeah. as you see things. Like, for example, we saw that consumers are talking a lot. There's a lot of chatter online about rice water. And, you know, in our community, like all these women loved rice water because there's this ancient Chinese secret about how rice water... Uh, has been used in China for so long to help grow hair and add strength and uh, add sheen. And they really just, you, you know, use the water they rinse before they cook their rice. And they would use that on. So we created a, a rice water collection. So, but quickly, we did it quickly. Yeah. Companies, that would take two plus years. We turned that rice water product around in like three months. 
Oh, I love you. I love action takers like that. I am the same way. I'm like, let's get an idea. Let's execute. Let's test it and put it out into the universe. Yes. I love that. Can you, one thing that I think a lot of women struggle with, and I feel like you own this in every sense of the word is the title CEO. Like when I just see and feel your presence, I feel like you are just this powerful woman who is unapologetically showing up in the world. Do you feel that too? Or or is that something you battle with? Some days. Some days. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's so many things that happen. Yeah. And so people, I don't, sometimes you don't feel as powerful as people feel that you are because yeah. you, I am very involved with my company. And when there are challenges, you don't feel so good when you have challenges, you know, mm-hmm. normal human nature. And so I, I feel like it's a lot of ups and downs. That's a lot. I saw a, a, a diagram on Instagram. It was a, pay, a picture of entrepreneurship, and it showed up, down, around town. Feeling good. This sucks. I'm great. It was like a crazy scribble travel. And that's what it is. Yes, a hundred percent. I want to pause this discussion for a minute to thank Noom for making this episode possible. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Gold Digger. You guys, Conley is nearly mobile. She's wiggling all over the place, scooting from room to room and wanting to crawl her way around the entire house. As soon as that girl has feet under her, I'm going to be chasing her all over the place. So I have a whole new reason to take care of my body to make sure I'm in the best shape possible. I started exploring Noom to help me and Noom is a habit changing solution based in psychology. It teaches you why you do the things you do and arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. While Noom can help you develop a new relationship with food, it's not a diet app. It's the biggest and most accurate food database available that lets you track your meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and see calorie density at a glance. I like being able to get more information about the food I'm putting in my body and how it's going to impact my energy, my mood, and my fitness goals. Speaking of fitness goals, I've been doing a lot more cycling lately and Noom helps me determine the best foods to refuel my body after a workout so I can be my best self for my little family. Noom also gives you a specialist and access to a community of members. Accountability definitely has a way of keeping me on track. Sign up today for your trial at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash gold digger. Visit Noom dot com slash gold digger to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom dot com slash gold digger. No one ever told you that running a business meant you suddenly had to fill a million roles from being a masterful email template writer to a photo editor, a graphic designer to a social media strategist, not to mention actually working with paying clients. Yeah, nobody told me that either, which is why last year I decided to pull all the tools, templates, and strategies and put them into one place where you can get your hands on them. That's right, from pricing guides that you can customize to email templates, media kits to social media strategies, even editing presets, you can get all of the things that I've created for my own business and use it in yours. And you can save yourself 20% off your first digital purchase using the code GOLDDIGGER. Head to shopjennacutcher.com to make this entrepreneur life just a little bit easier. That is shopjennacutcher.com. And don't forget the code gold digger is going to save you 20% off your first digital purchase. Can you talk to me about like, 
When we talk about the term CEO, I think for me, if I close my eyes and hear that term, I picture an old white man in a suit in a business room, you know, like hosting a meeting. But I feel like there is this new vibrance in life coming from women stepping into that role and just that title. And so many of our listeners here, they are CEOs, but they're kind of running their business in their life. Like they're just, you know, small town hobbyists or things like that. What kind of encouragement would you give to women to really kind of step into that title and to look at their dreams as them being in that driver's seat? Well, I I would say, number one, you, we, women, we are so strong and Mm -hmm. beyond capable and to stop cutting yourself short. Like we, we do that to ourselves. And I I can say I, I have been guilty myself. Yeah. We have to be kind to ourselves and say, we, I'm doing a great job. I am stepping forward towards my goals. I'm taking one step at a time to my dreams and taking action. And as long as you're putting one step in front of the other and taking action and making movement, then you are being, you are successful. And if you still have a business, because 80% of businesses fail mm-hmm. in five years. So remember that as you see those businesses skyrocket on Instagram and people go from zero to a million in no time flat. Like that's not normal. And and understand that. And understand that your pace is your pace. Yes. What's for you is for you and no one can take it. I love that. There's a quote that's like, shoot, it's like slow pace, deep roots or something. Kind of like you're laying your foundation, like your lane is your lane. Okay. So one thing that I love about you is you caught the attention of Oprah and the own network, which is huge. It's a huge deal. And your show, Mind Your Business, it kind of gives me like bar rescue, kitchen nightmare vibes where you come in and help women overhaul their businesses. And it is amazing to watch. So can you talk a little bit about that? And then I want to dive into your coaching style because I love it. Okay, sure. I have been informally mentoring people for a while. It started with me mentoring one reality star who wanted to create a brand and she told another friend and her friend told another friend. So I became almost this reality star (laughs) because I, you know, embraced it because I thought, listen, ladies, you have a platform. Why not utilize it? Yes. You should probably do it. Utilize it for something good. Like I had that platform. Can you imagine? So that's what I did with those ladies. I helped them with the business part. And so then I got called from some producers that wanted me to be on a show about black hair care brand owners. And it was going to be me and a few other women in my, in my category that didn't come through and it fell through. And so then they remembered me when they started this project for own, it was going to be called seven figure sisters, what the title was going to be the working title. And it was going to be all about helping women of color. Oprah saw the data that black owned female based businesses are up 300%, but only 4% make it to the million dollar mark. So there are more women, black women with businesses and only 4% are successful. In my mind, if you have, I mean, a million dollars, if you're in year five or 10, I'm sorry, five or six, and you haven't made a million, that, that's kind of a little stressful. Mm-hmm. And so the key learnings are like something's not working in the systems and that's where we need to get help. But Owen saw, oversaw that and she wanted to help bridge the gap. And when they pitched me for that, the executives thought I was a unicorn and they didn't think I really existed. So they had to <laughs> So I went and met them in person and went through my whole story. And they, you know, saw obviously I had a lot of 
you can go online and see that I've actually been doing the work. So they yeah. saw me, believe me, saw my personality and we shot a pilot and went directly to series from there. Oh my gosh. What was it like for you to become like a TV star? Was that really weird or was it amazing? It was weird. <laughs> okay, I've never ever sought after fame. Yeah. I've sought after like independence and wealth. Yeah. Not to be known. In fact, it's probably better not to because I actually half the time I look like I'm homeless when I'm out. <laughs> probably better, you know, and I, I, and I like having <laughs> that freedom. But what was interesting was getting stopped in um, airports, you know, and seeing someone stare at me and not knowing why. And then they go, oh, I think yeah. I that kind of stuff was interesting. But I really enjoyed, though, helping these ladies. It was a huge sacrifice because I was gone for my family. I had to go to L.A. for five days per one episode. And then wow. several times for editing and, and reshooting and shoots and videos and all this. So it was a lot. But it was so rewarding because seven out of the eight women actually made shifts and changes and implemented what I suggested and made leaps and bounds growth. And we had one, obviously, that just rejected it all and didn't want to accept accountability. Yeah. Um, that always happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was definitely worthwhile. I think that having that experience has opened up a lot of other opportunities also for me. I love that. Can you, if somebody hasn't seen this show, walk me through your coaching style, because I think it's very unique, but it's so actionable for even just viewers that are watching. Well, my coaching style is very much the same way I parent. Yeah. I'm very much a hands-on deck kind of give each person or each kid what they need. So each kid has a different requirement for me. I have four children. One needs a soft nice nurturing Mahisha. One may need the hard, which is my oldest, the hard, tough love Mahisha, (laughs) my oldest daughter. And so I had to kind of cater and customize my approach based on what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. So if you watch the TV episodes, um, you'll see that I was probably more soft. I was softest with Maxie J. And she, because she just had it so much together, but she just needed a few more items. And then one person I was extremely hard on, which you probably saw, which was Megan. Yep. So I, so you saw the fine line. You saw everything between for me really son of my, I mean, I didn't expect to get that upset, but I did because I don't like people do people wrong. And so that was pure emotion and, and real. It's a gift to be able to recognize that. I think that's like one of the biggest gifts that probably comes naturally to you. But when you see somebody that can approach people with both empathy, but tough love, I think it's necessary, especially as an entrepreneur. Right. Definitely very necessary. And I I was hoping that it would sink in, but it didn't. Hey, it's all good. I think that's such a good lesson for anyone that is teaching or coaching or pouring into is you can lead people to the right tools and solutions, but you can't implement for them. So, right. Exactly. Okay. So you use the term boss up. Tell me what that means and how we can do a better job of it. When I say boss up, I mean, just step up and into your destiny. And Mm -hmm. that may not mean that you have to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is cut out or want to be an entrepreneur, but that still tells, says to me, boss up and own your legacy, own who you are, own your path, own your mission and executing your purpose. I feel like a lot of us kind of, not a lot, some of us 
kind of will downplay who we are for different reasons. And mm-hmm. it could be from relationship purposes or if they don't have confidence in the fact that they can, they feel like they can execute. But I know that if I can do this, so can you. I came from the worst environment with lack of everything from examples to resources to access and that's what gets you in the door you have to have information resource access funds all those things and i had none of those so you know we can if i can do it anyone can do it speaking of that walk me through your launch of black girls making millions academy walk me through what it is why you founded it what that process has been for you well, actually, at the, after we wrapped up season one, I got lots of DMs, calls, emails yep. <laughs> to, to personally mentor. And I obviously couldn't do that, you know, mm-hmm. really, I could mentor everyone. So I decided to bring the show to life. And the show really is the show, Mind Your Business Mahisha, it was helping women of color achieve a, a success because we are the most disenfranchised when it comes to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So let me bring this to life. And I opened it up and created an academy, Black Girls Making Millions Academy, creating millionaires one black girl at a time. And we created three different tracks for the ladies to choose from in, in this three to four day retreat. The startup was number one, brand new company that needs help starting their business from top to bottom. They haven't got that piece going, but they need the help moving and doing so. And the second track was the come up. The come up is like the woman on the show, you have a business, but you need help growing that business. And the third track was a blow up. And that's women that came in to pitch for investment funding. Mm-hmm. So we offered them those three different tracks. We, we turned the switch on, went live and opened up registration. And we sold out in less than 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. So we that's were sold out. Yeah. And then we have a, a long wait list. We wanted to keep it small at a hundred because we wanted to Get, like I said, you understand that I'm very conservative. So I want to ex- understand something, excel at it before I go big. So we kept this small with a hundred and we, we executed flawlessly. It was phenomenal. So now we're taking it and going bigger for June of 2020. Mm, I love that. Did you learn anything about yourself in the process of creating like the curriculum and the plan? Because I feel like as an educator, a lot of times I learn so much about myself in the process of creating that kind of stuff. I realize that I'm a crazy head sometimes <laughs> on the shoulder of myself and my team. That's why I didn't learn because we didn't use outs- we didn't outsource it. We managed we we managed it ourselves internally. And okay. That was insane. And when I told my team, I said, next year, we're going to have some of those magic for us. They were like, thank you. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. But beyond that, I learned that, you know what? I found my life's purpose. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. That's huge. Walk me through like a day in the life of Mahisha. Like you have multiple businesses, multiple children, a team, like walk me through kind of what your CEO status looks like right now for you. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty lit. <laughs> pretty insane. Um, well, you know, we have three children, three children at home, four total. My fourth one is She's graduated from college. So the three at home, you know, we, the top of the morning is really all about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so being chauffeur for all of them and breakfast and lunches and this and that. And then I go straight into my day of uh, meetings, emails and development. The funnest part of my job, I would say is product development. So I really am knee deep into some development of new items for 2020. But I think most of my time is spent really 
taking care of either something with curls, my employees, my staff, my kids. I, I'm a somewhat of a caregiver. So it's taking care of the brand, take care of my team, take care of my kids. It's always something around that. It's mm. always something around that. Okay. This leads me to such a good question because I'm a new mom myself. And so many of our listeners are moms who tend to put everyone before them. And I just kind of want to know, like, do you have any, I will be the first to soak up your knowledge and your expertise, but do you have any advice for women that are struggling with, you know, managing career and motherhood and knowing like, how can I give myself me time? Like, what does that even look like? Well, I, I, I understand that fight totally. I think, I know it's important to take the time. Take it. You may not feel like you can, but you have to for your sanity because you will not be good for anyone if you're not good for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and I'm talking to myself right now <laughs> because I'm in need of that now. We have to do it because as soon if you don't, you will wipe yourself out and you will burn out. Mm-hmm. So find a way to take that moment. If that means that you leave early from the office and have, you know, go wine tasting with the girlfriend and just pay, play hooky. I'm a fan of playing hooky. Obviously, we have to be responsible. So get things done. But take a day and play hooky for them from noon until seven. And come back refreshed. Go with some friends. Take a vacation. Have a spa day. And then your team matters. Your support team matters. I read online somewhere um, the other day that your success is largely dependent upon, if you're married, by who you determine who your spouse is. Your success. Because if you're not getting the support that you need, it's already hard enough to be an entrepreneur, right? Right. Without the support of a loving spouse that will pick up the pieces when they may fall out of your hands, then you, how do you manage it all? It's almost impossible. And I'm thankful because I have that level of support in my husband because there are times where he has to just pick up every ball. Yep. (laughs) I mean, and, and he's juggling them all alone sometimes. And he does it without complaining. And then I come back into it but it's because we're a team and and this and what we're doing it this is a family business and it's for the better of the betterment of the family so he does that you know and that's important having the right support oh amen to that i want to know like what are you fired up about i feel like you have so many projects on your plate but like what is the one that's just exciting you these days ah good question well, uh, I have, okay, we're going into a few different areas. Um, okay. God, I'm thinking, where, where would I start? <laughs> so CBD is big, as you know. So we're launching in about a month a full CBD collection of hair care products, but also lifestyle products. I have a whole new brand. We have the CBD oil tinctures. We have CBD facial masks. These are, it's CBD oil. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it has a lot of amazing properties that are natural yes. for us and not and a lot of misconception around, you know, cannabis, the part that gets you high, the part of the plant that gets you high, but this is not, this is medicinal, nothing yep. to do with the THC side, but it has a lot of great properties that are good for us and better than the drugs that we're mostly getting prescribed and less addictive, you know, not addictive properties to CBD. So there's pain management, inflammation, anti-depression, anxiety, uh, menopause symptoms, headaches, migraines, epilepsies, acne, dandruff. It just has all these amazing, amazing, amazing uh, benefits. So we're working 
a whole new brand around a woman. And it's all catered for everything a woman would need. From the mother, the athlete, the professional, everything that you would need that you can use, use in your life to make your life better and easier. That's what we're bringing to the fold with our CBD product line. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. How do you keep all of your projects straight? I want to know that. For the multi-passionate human that's listening to this and saying, I want to do all of these things, how do you do all of it? Well, I think it's, that's, you know, another piece about the team, which I really appreciate my, my stellar team. Like I was just thinking, as you said that, like Black Rose Making Millions was a big, big undertaking. Yeah. Manage that as we're launching a new collection. So, but it's like, <laughs> no, it's my team, my team heads, yeah. hands down. Oh, you are amazing. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and just get to know you more? Well, follow me, Mahisha, M-A-H-I-S-H-A underscore Dellinger. That's on Instagram. Follow Curls on Instagram and Facebook at just Curls, C-U-R-L-S. And also Black Girls Making Millions on Instagram. Oh, thank you so much, Mahisha, for coming on the show and sharing just your power and your energy. I am so honored to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Mahisha is the definition of a boss. After we hung up the call, I said, do you ever feel like your head is just going to fall off? You're doing so many things. And she goes, yeah, actually today I feel like that. Such a human experience when you're an entrepreneur, especially a multifaceted one like she is. She has her hands in so many projects and her heart dreaming up so many new ideas. And I absolutely love that. One of the favorite things that Mahisha talked about was being able to take action quickly. There is so much power in being a small business owner because you can take ideas and implement them really quickly and get them faster to market than bigger companies can. And I loved how she talked about that. I also loved how she started Curls as a side hustle and built up that brand to get ready for a big outward launch. I think so often people that have side hustles feel ashamed. But if anything, you should be more proud that you're burning the candle on both ends and making your dreams happen. There are so many brilliant takeaways from Mahisha, but I think you might just have to hit play and listen to it one more time to take it all in. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast and hop on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast so that you can thank Mahisha for her time and energy on today's show. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.